Welcome, creatures of all shapes and sizes, to Banged Up with Bruce Oldham, aka The Kid. This is an action sports podcast, the likes of which the world may never have seen before and may never see again. I hope you guys enjoy. God, hi. Guess what, you freak biscuits? Welcome back to another episode of Banged Up with Bruce Oldham. Uh, we have big changes on the podcast today, and I think we're going to bring a little bit of that up. Basically, all the changes are for the better, nothing for the worse, so no reason to get down on yourself, no reason to worry about it. From here on out, this podcast is going to be mainly revolving around interview-style questions and um, basically telling other people's stories. I'm going to have mostly action sports athletes and people in the industry and such on the podcast as we move forward. Don't worry, there still will be occasional episodes where it's just the kid, just me, spewing nonsense to you guys and answering your questions. I really want to separate the episodes moving forward. The episodes with just me and only me are going to be mainly focused on updating you guys on what's going on in my life and answering your questions and getting around to the things you want to talk about, the topics you guys want to bring up. With that being said, there will be a select few of those and we are going to mainly transition into interviews with athletes in the industry as well as promoters, media marketers, and so forth. <laughs> now that all that nonsense is out of the way, let's dive on into today's episode. I believe it is the 25th today, April 25th. Uh, the kid is looking good as ever. I got a haircut, so I don't look quite as greasy as I usually do. We have a backyard rail in the works, so backyard setup coming to you guys live, which will be super sick because then I can get rail training in and tons of clips for you guys, which is sick. I'm kind of slacking for content right now. It's hard to create content when you're quarantined, especially when there's no skiing involved. With that being said, I've been tramping a lot and keeping very active, staying busy, being just a healthy kid in general, eating, sleeping, rest and recovery, everything is, it's getting on point. Sleep was a little off, but we are dialing it in. If you guys didn't see on social media, I posted it, but I think it was a week and a half ago now, I ran a full marathon, literally for no reason one day. But the overall goal is to run an ultra marathon. For those of you guys who don't know what that is, it's a 100-mile run, which is quite a distance. I ran the marathon in three hours and I think 56 minutes, but that was with barely any training. And I believe I only ran a week and a half of training into that marathon. Although you guys might be thinking, wow, that's pretty good. Might as well give him a pat in the back. Don't worry, I already gave myself a pat in the back. But my knees have been pretty fucked for the last week and a half. With that being said, I can still do things like trampoline, slackline, workout, and uh and do MMA training and all that nonsense. But whenever I run over three kilometers, my one knee is in a lot of pain and I really don't want to push it because if I ruin my ski season next year and my training throughout the summer, just because I would decide to be an idiot and run way too many kilometers that my body isn't quite capable of yet, uh, I would be very upset. So I've kind of resorted to taking the last week and a half off of running. I've ran probably about 20 kilometers in the last week and a half, which is not much considering I went from about 100 100 plus kilometers a week, a couple weeks before that. In the next week or so, I'm gonna be kind of rehabbing a bit and just doing long distance bikes and stuff. I don't have a good bike, but my sister has somewhat of a downhill mountain bike that I'm gonna try to use. And um, I don't know, hopefully put some serious KMs down because I need to keep my cardio up, but I can't really run at this point in time. Anyways, with all that out of the way, that's basically just a little rundown on what's been going on in my life so far. And we're gonna dive on into questions. So these are the questions that got asked in the last podcast. Um, I answered them in the last podcast, I didn't like the way I answered them, and I didn't like the whole beginning of the podcast. So here we are, two weeks later, and I'm redoing the questions, and I'm making this podcast quite a bit shorter. I want to keep the episodes with just me and it short, 
sweet, concise. You guys don't have to hang out with me too long. But then the episodes with others on will be probably about 30 plus minutes, which will be really good and I think engaging for you guys. And you'll get to find out something maybe you didn't know before. All right, guys, let's get into it. Um, first question comes from Alex Hontar. Have you been to Glen Eden? I've never been to Glen Eden. Um, I would love to go to Glen Eden. It looks like an awesome ski hill. It looks like they have a really sweet rail setup, but not a huge jump, jump line or anything like that. But the rails do look super fun. Considering it's only like an hour and a half away from where I live, I probably should have gone by now, but just haven't been. Next year, I'm definitely going to put it on the list, though. Next question comes from Antoine Bordeaux. Are you related to anyone famous? No, absolutely not. Nope, not whatsoever. Teddy, we put, I don't think I pronounced your name right. In fact, I know I didn't. But you asked, what are your mental thoughts while running? Um, Basically, it depends on the mood I'm in. I try to keep it as positive and happy as I can because when you're just like, oh, this sucks and I don't want to do this, it usually makes the run last a lot longer and it's just shittier in general so i try to stay as positive as i can lately i've been listening to podcasts and just kind of letting my mind drift especially when i go on like two hour plus runs i just put on a joe rogan podcast or any podcast i guess for that matter but kind of just let my mind go off somewhere else and just listen i'm not running super fast so i don't really need to be focused i just kind of just zone out and just keep going uh noah g zaman are cork scary to send um i think corks aren't a scary trick to send if you are prepared for it if you go to a hill and you've never really tried a cork before, even on a trampoline or an airbag or water ramps, you've just never done it before, probably immensely scary and probably not a good idea for that matter. But if you're really comfortable with doing the cork on a trampoline and maybe you've tried it on an airbag, it's not as scary to try the first time. Uh, it's still going to be scary. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, tons of people can do a backflip, but going to do a backflip is still scary on skis. For me, even, I find backflips are scary, but... I think as long as you prepare well and you know where you are in the air, a cork seven is not the scariest trick. Cork seven is kind of a trick that you can bail out to your side. It's not very likely that you're going to land on your head. Next question comes from Eric O'Brien. Where do you see yourself in five years? Um, honestly, th this is probably one of the deepest and best questions I've seen uh, on the podcast, actually. So in five years from now, I don't really like to plan that far ahead. With that being said, I do kind of make monthly goals and weekly things to do. And I have kind of planned out a little bit of where I want to be in five to 10 years. I know obviously it's going to change over time. And me personally, I'm a person that gets very interested with pretty much everything. So one month I'll be super into skiing. Next month I'll be really into rollerblading. The month after I'll be really into stocks and markets and stuff. The month after that I'll be super into skateboarding. Then maybe it's wakeboarding. Although skiing has always been that main one that's always kind of prevailed each month. That's really been a passion of mine. But I like I swear to God, each month it switches and it switches and switches of what is something that really interests me. With that being said, action sports is something that has always kind of got me, like whether it's skydiving or any of the things I listed before. Those kind of things are always on my mind. And five years from now, I see myself competing at the highest level possible. Would love to be in X Games. I will be in X Games. Wait and see. Um, it's a lot of work ahead, but yeah, I'm totally willing to put it in. And I really want to create something from social media and this kind of thing, interacting with you guys and creating content because I really enjoy it, first of all. I love to do video parts. I know kind of the industry isn't going that way as much anymore. Video parts don't get as much traction and stuff. It's kind of why I shifted my attention to YouTube and other things like that, just because I've noticed that's kind of the trend of where everything's going. But the long and short of it is, five years from now, I wanna be competing at the highest possible level, wanna be 
making a decent income so I can support myself and do the dumb shit I wanna do based off skiing and social media. And I wanna be in the best health of my life. I wanna be healthy and able to send and do dumb shit with my friends and really just enjoy the little things. But I like that question. All right, next question comes from Max Jacob. Max Jacob, craziest story involving skiing and pooping. Uh, I'm gonna throw a friend under the bus here. Rylan Evans, many of you guys might know who he is. One year we were at Aspen Open and the lift is like 45 minutes to the top and back down to the course. So it takes a long time to do it. It was right before his comp run and he wasn't gonna make it down and up again and he had to poo. So he ran into the bush, took my goggle wipes and ruined my goggle wipes. And that was about the end of that. We got Braden Emerson with the next question. Did Carol Baskin feed her husband to the Tigers? That's an excellent question. And the answer to that is 100% yes. Carol Baskin did it. M. David Ovich, did you ever in your ski career feel like fuck it this sport and want to quit? Did I ever want to quit during my ski career so far? Um, I wouldn't say I've wanted to quit skiing. I've said I've had lulls in my interest in it. I Like I said earlier, I get interested in other things quite easily. But it's always been something that's been pretty prevalent in my life. And it kind of just ticks off all the boxes I like. Uh, I get to push myself mentally and physically. I get to try new things. I get to scare myself. I get the action sports side. It's thrilling. And I get to make progress and I got to proceed. It's very easy to see your progress in skiing and sports like skiing because you get a new trick, you get a new grab, blah, 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 blah. And that's something that I kind of noticed that I've craved over the years. Um, Lander7, would you rather throw a quad 19 in a comp or end Corona? Well, I'd rather end Corona, and I don't think I want to throw a quad 19 to begin with. So, question answered. IR fan 157, top five places to hide a dead body. Well, that's just a little dark, and we're not going to go there. Um, we got Tanner Surgent next. What is the most memorable trick you pulled off in comp? Pulled off in comp. Um, this year, I did a rodeo 12 screaming semen to octo grab, which is probably the most memorable one I've done to date. I don't think anybody's done that, to be honest. I know Vincent Gagne, obviously, he's done double rodeo 12, screaming semen, octo, which is obviously way better than a single. But, but yeah, that was probably the most memorable one I've done in comp to this date. Another question from Lander7. Okay, would you rather ski 365 days a year but lose all your fingers or ski the amount you did this season? Um, honestly, I skied quite a lot this season. I would like to have skied more in the summertime. I only got about two weeks of summer training in, barely any. And as you guys know, in Ontario, the season starts quite late. Um, but I would rather not ski 365 days a year. I honestly don't think my body could handle it. I ski very fast, aggressively. I like to huck my body. I like to huck my meat. This year, I've kind of turned it into a controlled huck and less of a loose bruise, as people used to call me. But I don't think I could handle 365 days a year, to be honest. I think I would get a little bit burnt out, and I think my body would just not be able to cope. Papa said, I can't spell your name, man. Uh, I, I can't pronounce your name, buddy, but it's up on the screen for you guys watching on YouTube. How to overcome learning to ski park alone when there are groups that are better? Um, so this is an interesting question. Skiing alone is something that can be kind of difficult to do, especially when you're trying to progress. For me, I like skiing alone every once in a while. I just put my headphones in, listen to the music, and just kind of ski with the vibe. But that's also because I'm always skiing with groups of people. I don't really get a lot of time to ski by myself. Um, if you're always skiing alone, it can get a little bit hard to progress and push yourself. I would say you should probably try to even get your own little group or go join people because skiing is a community. Skiing's meant to be done with other people. It's fun. So I would say try to find 
people that have the same interests as you and same skiing style as you. It doesn't even have to be the same skiing style as you. Just people that you want to ski with and reach out and try to try to do some laps with them. Next question comes from Logan Gast. How hard do you throw for a cork 10? Uh, single cork 10 or double cork 10? I guess it kind of depends. You send pretty hard, but it's all in your set. So you have to make sure you have a proper set. If you just rip it and grip it, it doesn't always work out as well. So decently hard. And it also depends on the jump. Like depends on if you're doing a 10-foot jump or a 100-foot jump. Willard Dozane uh, with another question, actually. If you could change anything with how you started learning and progressing with skiing, what is it? Um, I don't think I would change anything about how I got into skiing and how I progressed and learned. Obviously, when I started, I taught myself everything. I didn't really have a coach. So even right now, I struggle with my cork sets and stuff like that because I have an awful set. I throw down. Like I was looking back at some of my old videos that I thought were corks and they're straight up Misty 7s. But with that being said, I learned a lot pushing myself and skiing on my own and with a little group of friends and just launching and sending and figuring things out. So I wouldn't change anything about that. The one thing I would like to change is the time I got into skiing. I didn't really get into skiing until I was 16 and I know I'm only 21, which is not that old or anything, but it is old in a lot of other people's eyes and in the skiing community's eyes. For me, I just matured this year. I was an absolute idiot up until probably the beginning of this winter. I really just wasn't focused, just wanted to party and have fun with my friends, which is totally fine. It's part of the skiing community, but just something that was kind of always holding me back and I wasn't focusing as much as I probably could. So I would like to start skiing when I was um, maybe like 13 or 14, get an extra two years in there. I know I would have progressed a lot more. I'd be a little farther ahead of where I'm at now, but other than that, I wouldn't change a thing. Past M22, hardest trick I've ever landed. Uh, I did a dove flat rodeo nine screaming semen this year. That was probably the hardest trick I've ever landed. How did I get my Olympic tramp? A lot of money from me, my sister, and my brother, and a lot of saving up. Oh. Smith skis 11. What do you do other than running for workout? Uh, I actually have an entire workout program and schedule that's, I think, four or five days a week that I stay to quite often, and it's through uh, the provincial team, so it's very, very strict. I do all that. I do a lot of balance training, and I do a lot of other things like MMA and other action sports and stuff like that. Uh, it really keeps me busy. I'm a very active person. Like I would not get fatter out of shape if I just did my normal daily stuff without working out or running. Like I, I do more than enough in a day to stay very active and very fit. But it's that extra stuff that kind of puts puts it over the top a bit. Mitchell Storm 10, what's your go-to park ski? Go-to park ski is definitely the K2 Poacher. As you can see, K2. Ooh, K2. Yeah, no, the K2 Poacher is definitely the best park ski I've rode on in I think my entire ski career. It's just very, very well-rounded. I can hit big jumps on it. I can do doubles. I can butter it if I want to. I can hit rails. It's not too heavy. It's good ski. Uh, Brad Viejo, what are your social media goals? Um, This is interesting. I want to keep creating content that I enjoy to put out. I really love doing it. And obviously, I want to be able to support myself through this because as you guys may or may not know, skiing is not a sport or industry where you make a lot of money. It's just simply not. There's not a lot of money in it. And therefore, you have to be creative and you have to go outside of just the sport itself to make money. Unless you're like the top guy, like you're second or third in the Olympics in the world, you're really not making good money skiing. It's very hard to. Um, obviously, there are people that do it, but you really have to be creative and find other outlets of income. 
So that's kind of where I want to go with the social media stuff. I really do enjoy putting out content that I like, but I also do want to be able to create somewhat of a future for myself through this and skiing. Brad via ho, when did you start skiing? What was your first major trick? Uh, first major trick was probably, I would say Rodeo 5 Scream and Semen. That was second year in the park and don't know why that idea crossed my mind but it just did and it worked and it's something that I've kind of went with since then it's kind of been like a little signature of my uh, skiing this next question comes from Andrew Little 04 and it's do you want to take the competing to the next level or are you happy where you are I think we kind of covered this earlier but I'm definitely gonna take competing to the next level um, I, my goal is really to be competing at the highest level possible Right now it's very interesting because even if you do really well in the NORAM circuit, which is the North American circuit, you don't get enough points to make the World Cup circuit. The European circuit gets a little more uh, FIS points, which helps them get into the World Cups a little bit easier, in my opinion, and from what I've seen. But from Canada, you really have to be the best in all of North America. You're going to have to win the NORAM Cup because then you're guaranteed World Cup spots next year. And that's basically the only way to move up to the next level. It's, it's incredibly hard. That's kind of one of the reasons why I've moved a little more to social media and stuff like that because I want to build up a base through that. But without it, yeah, it, it's extremely hard to move up in competition skiing right now. Um, national team isn't bringing anybody up really this year, I don't believe. And other than that, there's really no way to get to the World Cup scene and that next level. X Games is something that's obviously kind of more of a social... So skiers with bigger names don't necessarily have to be competing at World Cups to get spot in X Games. But with that being said... It's still very, very hard to do either of those things. And I believe this is the last last question. Last question comes from RP Anderson. Have you ever thought about getting tramp skis? Um, I really haven't. I've tried them once, and I'm really not a fan of tramp skis. They're really not the best, especially if you don't have like a super tramp. And super tramps are not something that you will be able to have in your backyard. It's insanely expensive and very hard to come by. Uh, but even on an Olympic tramp, Tramp skis are kind of just too big and bulky and you can't get enough height to do like tricks other than like cork sevens and even cork sevens on tramp skis are insanely hard and grabs are something you can do with just your feet. You don't really need tramp skis for that. The only grab you're kind of missing with your feet instead of having tramp skis is blunt, but like blunt's going to always be there on your actual skis. You can just imagine doing it when you're flipping in the air uh, or just not grabbing on your trampoline. I really don't think tramp skis is the best investment in my personal opinion. I think it's something that's just not that beneficial. All right, well, that's a podcast, guys. I hope you guys enjoy this uh, just little quick tidbit of what's going on and then answer your questions. That's really where I want to take the episodes of just me, and I don't want to blab on about some other bullshit and waste your guys' time. From here on out, though, there will be podcasts with uh, other people, and there will be awesome interviews with really cool individuals. So stay tuned, and uh, if you're not subscribed or you haven't liked this video, you might as well do that. Much love from the kid to you guys. Mwah!